Are you ready to take control of your wealth and design the life you envision for yourself and your family? Welcome to Wealth of Insight with Austin Wittenberg from Wittenberg Wealth Partners. Austin guides you through the entire planning process to help you build a plan that seeks to protect your financial future. He empowers you with creative investment opportunities and planning ideas to help you understand and achieve your long-term goals. It's time to gain confidence in your financial future. Now, onto the show. All right. Thanks for joining the Wealth of Insight podcast today. Today, we've got with us Brock Lassig with Cross Country Mortgage. He's a top 1% loan officer in the country, and I thought I'd have him on here to talk about the crazy real estate world, mortgage rates, rates rising, all the various things that are are in the news today. So thanks for joining us, Brock. Yeah, thank you, Austin. I appreciate it, man. Happy to be here. Why don't you take 30 seconds here and just give us a story of Brock Lassick, how you got into the industry and where you're at today. Yeah, so quick story about me. I got in the industry 13 and a half years ago. And I always knew I'd be in this industry. I followed my dad into the mortgage business and he lived a great lifestyle. So that's what intrigued me early on. But as I got further and further into my career, invested into some business coaching and different things, I really found my passion in the industry, which is understanding what we're going to talk about today to the best of my abilities and really guiding clients through the process to wealth creation through homeownership. So that's my real passion. And that, that's what I pour all my effort into if I, today. If I'm doing the math right, you joined in, you, you know, you started in 2009, yep. which couldn't be probably a more different real estate environment than what we're in today. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, I mean, it was very different because I was doing loans for houses at like, you know, condos easily 80 grand. Uh, now that same condo is probably 380. So it's right. a little bit, <laughs> it's different that way, but it was a challenge getting in at first because I was, you know, I was 21 when I got in and I looked like I was 12. It was before I had any stress from the mortgage business showing <laughs> right. through. And so, yeah, 2009, tough times and, and hard to build trust with clients early on. But that's why I invested in understanding this stuff and, you know, really pouring into helping my clients, not just being what I say is drive through mortgage. So there's a lot of my competitors that will take a client's order not really understand what they need or want and just put their hand out the bag and, and deliver what they asked for. Instead, I've invested the whole, my whole career and I've worked a lot, probably 40,000 hours invested into this business and really understanding what their goals are and painting a, a picture and, and creating a strategy to help them accomplish what they're actually wanting. Well, and I think that's you know really important in this world, right? So almost since 2000, well, 2009 rates were still sort of trending down, but for the last decade, we've been warning, Hey, rates are going to rise, rates are going to rise. And every time I said that the last decade, they actually went lower. Yeah. For some but, weird reason, <laughs> but we're finally here where, you know, where rates are going to start going, you know, where rates have already this year taken a pretty significant jump. So, yeah. you know, you did a podcast a few weeks ago on the fed and mortgage mortgage rates and how they're maybe correlated, but not directly linked. And I do think that's a concept that people just, you know, they hear the more, you know, Fed's going to raise rates, rates are going up across the board. This is how it's going to work. Yeah. You know, but, you know, I know it's something you understand a whole lot better than, than me. So why don't we talk a little bit about how the Fed and, and rates are linked, but maybe not, you know, directly one-to-one. For linked. sure. Yeah, no. And I mean, honestly, there's parts of this you probably understand better than I in, in your job, but 
the bottom line is, like you said, when the Fed comes out and says, you know, years ago, they said, hey, Fed's dropping rates down to zero. I got uh, so many calls. I don't even know how many. Like, hey, rates are hitting zero. It's probably a good time to refi. I'm like, well, no, they're not. You know, I wish that would be awesome. Right. You know? <laughs> Maybe I could retire if they hit zero because <laughs> I'd do so many dang loans, but they are not directly correlated. What happens is when the Fed makes decisions to do things like raise or lower rates, when they change their rates, they're really just pulling levers to influence what the general market is doing from a trading perspective. And so what happens is when they, depending on the underlying reason why they're either raising or lowering rates, most recently raising rates to curb inflation, doing that today is having a direct correlation to them raising rates and mortgage rates going up. But the level they raise rates is not the same level mortgage rates go up. And there's, there's really no correlation to that. It's just the impact they have on behavior of the general financial markets and how that influences, do they want to be in bonds, the market based on what the Fed's doing, or do they not want to be in bonds? And if they are like today, well, inflation is causing a lack of desire to be in bonds, right? right and right. mortgage rates are actually tied to a specific bond, mortgage-backed securities. And knowing that we have such a headwind in front of us with inflation, that is not a favorable thing for bonds because it's a fixed return on an asset. So we're seeing those markets sell off and rates get worse because of it. Um, yeah, so they're trying to attract from that side, attract investors into the mortgage-backed security. And to do that, they got to pay higher rates, which yep. then trickles through to me trying to get a mortgage 50% more, you know, a 50% higher rate than it was, you know, what, six months ago? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, even just the month of March, we saw an increase of nearly one full point, which is probably just in the month of March, that's probably over a 25% increase in mortgage rates just in that one month. You know, we're definitely sitting healthy in the fives at this point, which is crazy. Yeah. You know, and I've, I refinanced, I don't know, last year at three and three eights or something like that. Right. Yeah. Something low on a, you know, anyways, it's, it's, it's changed a lot. So yeah. what do you do then? You know, I'm sure you've been, you know, you're taking apps and you're working with people over the last six months, trying to get them ready to buy. And now mm -hmm. their budgets change because rates have changed dramatically. You know, what do clients do if they haven't bought already? You know, are they, are people trying to wait it out or what's mm. the thought process there? We are hearing, I mean, there's a lot of people that the, the gut reaction is, Hey, I should wait. Hey, there's a bubble. We hear all these weird things going on. My advice for these clients is, it, I mean, if it is influencing their ability to qualify, we just have to go back to the drawing board and re recalibrate what the strategy is. You know, there's a lot of simple ways to, well, and let me step back. I look at the mortgage process as a holistic piece that should include conversation about many other financial components of their life, not right. just what the mortgage is. So when we re-strategize, it might say, hey, let's shave that down payment down a little bit. And instead of putting so much down on the mortgage, granted, the mortgage gets more expensive on top of just naturally being more expensive because rates have gone up. But let's re-pivot some of that cash to paying down a, a debt and that, you know, let's say it's an auto loan, that auto loan saves you 450 bucks a month and it reduces your down payment from 10% to 5%. 
So your mortgage payment goes up, you know, I don't know, two, 300 bucks a month because you're financing more, but you just netted savings of 450 as an example on right. the car. And so you have $200. So really a, a lot of those strategies are working out despite what rates have done to putting clients in the same financial position on a monthly outgo of their cash flow. It's we're, we're equalizing that for many clients. So I think it's just more of a re-strategy. The, the big thing I would caution everybody on is home prices are very, very, very unlikely to go down. And that's what I've been, that's what clients have been almost for, you know, you hate to say it now, but two years, right. Of, well, COVID's going to cause home prices yeah. to go down. That didn't work. Uh, now it's going to be rates rising is going to cause home prices to go down. I just saw a report uh, recently where Freddie Mac, I think still thinks we have three and a half million or more homes that we're short on in terms of demand. You know, that just is such a huge demand and supply outweighing. And so everyone thought, well, rates is going to happen. Maybe it's too early to tell you're getting, you know, you're seeing this every day. You haven't seen that yet. No, I mean, some marginal clients may be falling out of the, of the competition, right? They may not be able to buy anymore, or they have to really change their strategy, like buy with a roommate or buy with a parent or, you know, find a way to own real estate somehow. There's definitely people that are getting into more extreme and dire situations because of it. But at least as in my business, a very small percentage of people are facing that. But you're right with, you know, that that point where Freddie Mac says, I think it was 3.8 million homes short for supply and demand. And the crazy thing is I just listened to a a video on this this morning, actually, that is 3.8 million homes short as of today. And we just recently, just this year, starts the biggest flood of millennial home buyers hitting prime home buying age. And that is going to continue at a very elevated pace for like the next five or six years. So that's just today's demand that we're 3.8 million short. And that demand keeps growing over the years, which is nuts. And one other stat is builders in the best years ever have only built about 2 million homes nationally in one year. So, I mean, that's like two years if the builders built at optimal levels, which is hard to do, right? I mean, we see this. Well, inflation's not helping that part. No, sure. and chip shortages and all these things that COVID, you know, essentially had caused in the past and we're, we're still catching up. Like we're in this position where there's almost no way to catch up. And the other thing that is really a backbone of supporting real estate prices long-term, in my opinion, I mean, there's no way we can tell for sure, but you see rents going up at, at this point, maybe even a more healthy tick, then home prices are increasing, right? So housing is just unaffordable, period. Why would you not own? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, that whole rate or we're in a bubble, maybe, I guess let's take on that, that bubble concept right now. Cause I, with rates, with home prices increasing as much as they have the last two years, that's definitely on everybody's mind. But from my standpoint and working with my clients, you know, and on your end, it's still hard to get a loan, right? It's not like it's, Oh, seven, oh, eight, we're giving money to anybody. Like you still got to have a high credit score. You got to have good income. You got to have money to go down and to compete, right? Like the, the makeup of a buyer is still really strong 
from my vantage point, you may, you know, you're doing a lot, you're seeing it a lot more, but I know oh, when I my clients are going to buy, they're in a really, really strong financial position. It's, you know, it's not just anybody can get a loan so that, so how homes are getting bought. It's people are financially ready to do it. Yeah, for sure. And there are, you know, some more flexible programs that allow for different things like lower credit scores or sometimes even like bank statement programs, which people assimilate to 2007, 2008, like the industry's doing what it did again, but it's not even anywhere close. I mean, back then it was no income, no assets, no credit. I mean, it was insane. And you could literally, you know, this is a joke in the industry, but you could come in and if you fog on a mirror, you get a loan for whatever amount you ask for. And that's not remotely close to what the case is today. If there are more flexible guidelines, which allow certain people to own homes that really should, maybe it's just self-employed people don't claim enough on their taxes. So they sacrifice on terms. The terms are more expensive, but they're not as risky as they were. You know, arms back then were a one-year arm and, it, and they had a three-year prepayment penalty. So even when the arm became adjustable, they couldn't pay it off. Otherwise they had a big fat fee and there were no limits. Right. Nothing, none of that stuff is happening. And those people with more flexible guidelines, like the bank statement program, for example, they have to put a lot of money down. So the equity is significant. And that's really what put us in that bubble, which is the first one ever in history. Right. The only one in history, a real estate bubble. It put us in that bubble because you had unqualified people that shouldn't have owned those homes anyway with zero equity. And to your earlier point just a moment ago, supply and demand was diff was opposite of what it is today. They were overbuilding. There were more homes than there was demand. So fundamentally, I mean, it's, I can't think of one possible way there could be a bubble. It's, it's just nothing points that direction. Yeah. You know, and, and we're not seeing it for sure here. You know, obviously we've got clients all over the country, but in Salt Lake, where both of you are, are located, the, you know, in, in unemployment here, all these ec economical factors are still supporting where we're at. And so, yeah. Maybe then it makes sense because I do have a few, you know, I have a few friends or, or clients who didn't buy before March of 2020 and then have now been waiting. All right. What are some ways for people like that? It, it, a, it's really, you know, everybody says 20% down payments, but at the way the market's increasing, it's going to be really hard to save up. Say you can't out save yeah. a 20% increase in home prices, right? No way. So how are you helping people get in who maybe in a, are in a situation like that where, hey, we missed it. We're not going to be able to get to that 20%. What options do we have? Yeah, good question. I mean, that conversation always starts out, at least right now, with me telling people, listen, home prices are permanent for the most part. I mean, I've got a graph that goes all the way back to the 60s through all sorts of recessions, different economic environments. And we've always seen home prices go up even through these recessions. Maybe they taper and don't grow at such a quick pace, but they are always going up. The only anomaly is 2008. So the reality is home prices are permanent. You know, the, the home prices will continue going up. You can't ever get yesterday's or last week's or last month's or last year's price on a home. But with rates going up, that presents another issue. But you can always, I mean, rates are temporary. You can refi very quick. You know, I mean, we're talking less than 30 days, we can have a refi to a lower rate. And with the recession and things that are coming, that that is pretty likely. If you just look at what history has done in similar environments and what the Fed's doing and all the things taking place today, they've taken place in the past in very similar circumstances. And it's always resulted in a dramatic decrease in mortgage rates. 
and sustained higher going prices. So what I say to answer your question is that you do definitely do not need 20% down. I mean, when clients call me with 20% down, unless it's a unique program that, you know, sometimes jumbo, there's a big incentive for 20% down. But the reality is, I would say 80% of the time, I actually talk clients out of 20% down, even if they have 20% down, because like I said, there's a holistic picture here on a home and right. mortgage financing is, is really, I mean, you're, it's a, an appreciating asset. So who cares if you've got debt on it? And if you just reposition those funds and invested with somebody like you, Austin, that money can be worth so much more long-term. So we try to look at overall wealth creation, not just the cheapest loan or, you know, getting out of PMI at all costs. I mean, in, a lot of this stuff is just not expensive to do. I mean, with as little as 3% down, it's, I mean, even 0% down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it is, it's definitely, it's such, it's a shock to the system for a lot of people now, given where rates have gone, because we've been used to them being low. It's almost like people also thought the stock market never went down either. Somehow people already right. forgot about 2008 and they've just <laughs> been like, why is the stock market going down this year? It's like, well, you know, this, this happens from time to time. Right. And rates yeah. rise and there's all these things, but you know, that I do think that's important to, to recognize is that you're going to be able to make the, a mortgage, although it's a 30 year commitment in most cases, you can make changes. So, um, you yeah, know, very and, few people keep their mortgages that long. You know, a lot of clients look like, man, I'm paying this much more in interest over 30 years. And it's a, it's a big, big number. But the reality is, I mean, there's national statistics, they vary, but they say every US homeowner changes their mortgage every four to seven years. And in my experience, most clients move homes every four to seven years, not only change their mortgage, right. but actually move. And then everything we do today is irrelevant. But what isn't irrelevant is every time, at least in my career, those clients are cashing out with a ton of equity. And if it's a primary home, a lot of them are getting tax-free equity and it's crazy powerful. And when you look at the alternative, which is renting, every single dollar, 100% guaranteed is down the drain. You get none of that back. There's no tax write-offs. There's no benefit Nothing. whatsoever. Yeah. So how, I mean, when that's as expensive or perhaps more expensive than buying, what is the risk? I mean, the, the worst risk is we, you know, God forbid, do see another bubble, which is nothing points to that. And then you have to wait. You know, I got clients, I got in in 09, like you said. And so I had clients that bought in 2007 at the peak and they're in the worst possible circumstance right. ever. But then they held it out and 2012, 2013, these people are selling all the while they had amortized their debt and paid it down month by month. And they cashed out more than many of my clients ever have. Be and they bought at the peak, but they just rode that wave and the alternative was renting, right? It would have all been down the drain, but instead right. these people are cashing out hundreds of thousands in many cases to invest in another one. And then they got to buy in the best market, yeah. you know? So it's like. No. Yeah. And you hate to, certainly none of us are hoping for a recession, but lower rates sometimes is a bonus, right? Um, well, and plus the opportunity in your world to invest money even possibly less down payment invested into the financial markets. Like right. that's what I look at. And I'm just a, an investor. I'm not like a pro like you are, but I'm like, dude, I, I hope it happens. You get lower rates, you get turmoil in the markets and you can capitalize, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about that. So, you know, I think we're both in agreement that real estate bubble seems 
out of the, you know, doesn't seem likely at this point, yep. but recession given everything, you know, given the inflation that we're seeing, there's obviously world tur- turmoil. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is, is that something it, I, maybe that just goes back to the, back to waiting on prices to come down. sounds like you don't really think that historically happens with recessions where no real estate prices go in step with that. No, I'm, I think there will be some tapering of the appreciation rate, which we actually hope for, because we can't sustain 20 or 25% year over year forever. And if you're a first-time home buyer, now I'm just getting all over the place, but a first-time home buyer who hasn't had the equity appreciation right. that the, some of the, uh, the rest of us have had since we've owned homes, you're toast. Like- but you bring up a good point. A lot of people get in and they want the perfect house in the perfect area. They want everything perfect. But the reality is if you don't own something, you're going to miss that opportunity to accumulate that appreciation and actually compete in the market as things get more and more expensive, which it will. I mean, we are just on a tear here in, in Utah, especially, but it, it's going to get more expensive. And what I was going to say is even if they taper, right, we've been at historic levels, 20 to 25% appreciation. It's not a bubble when that appreciation rate, instead of 20 or 25%, drops to 5 or 6%. When you think about the average houses somewhere north of 550 grand, but if that appreciates at 5%, you're, a pre, you're creating wealth just by owning that home at nearly 30,000 a year just by owning the home. And that's with very average appreciation rates. I mean, right. the 60 something year average is like 5% here in Utah. If we just matched that, you still can't, you're still losing if you don't buy right, right. now. Yeah. And, and for most people, you can't save that difference, right? They're not your income, just you're, you live a life, you got a family, you've got, you know, rent or a mortgage, either way you can't, there's no other way to like save that kind of money. Think about that. I mean, that's essentially like 2250 a month that you've got to save. Now you got taxes, you got to pay. So let's just say that's like, I don't know, that means 3000 per month, gross earnings, you have to allocate to save. And that's just to keep up with appreciation at a 5% appreciation rate. We are currently still, in fact, the I think it was the February numbers hit the highest month over month appreciation rate ever in history. So we're still tracking way over 5% yeah. right now. You know, We're talking double digits, maybe even nearing 20%. And what we just went over is just the historical average of 5% most families could not keep up with. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some then creative ways for those who may not have, or who've been waiting, you know, what sort of programs are out there or what sort of strategies are you coming up with to help people get in at the best possible situation for them? Yeah. Yeah. And there, I don't think there's any such thing as the best possible time or anything like that, but there is always a strategy for everybody. And it's not, there's not a a direct answer to your question. I think it's important they coordinate with somebody like me who understands the market is not drive-through mortgage. They have a whole plan in place and all of these strategies baked in. But what I'm saying is whatever we have to do to get people into a home, let's do it. And you've got to sometimes think outside of the box. Maybe you don't have a down payment. Okay, well, maybe you have a car that's free and clear. Well, if you have some sort of asset, or even cash in the, you know, in an investment account, a 401k. If you have some asset, you can borrow against, you can take a loan for a down payment on a secured loan. 
So either ask, you know, a 401k loan or a loan against a car that's free and clear, you go to the credit union. It's a great time for that because used cars are outrageously valuable right now. Right. So you can go do that. And granted, you have a monthly payment, but all of that gets you closer to the homeownership. And when you own the home, like we've talked about, you paint the picture of how much wealth is created. I mean, arguably in that first year, you're going to more than pay for your down payment and just the appreciation. So I think it's just finding a way to get in as soon as possible. And if it's a band-aid situation and you've got to ride the wave of appreciation and save money as you go while you're owning to improve the mortgage later, then do that because the mortgage is not permanent. You can refi anytime to improve that situation, you know, but you cannot get back what you're losing on literally a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Well, and, and to your point, that's why we really like working with with you or people like you, where it's not that online, what's the cheapest possible rate, but there's so many other factors that go into that. And talking with somebody who knows about that is really, you know, what I think the most important piece of all that to your point, right? Because this, there is, it's not, the house isn't the only thing in their life. There's all these other financial um, yeah. assets or other things that they have as part of a plan. And it's just making it work within that. So yeah. Um, you know, that is, you know, really important. And I think that for my sample, you know, I think we covered everything I wanted to get to today. I think that's a great place to end. So where can people um, hear more from you? So they can reach me. Uh, my website is lassigteam.com. That's L-A-S-S-I-G team.com. And they can follow me on social uh, podcast, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook at loans elevated is where they can find any of my content and reach me. Perfect. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more, please check out my website, wittenbergwealth.com, or you can text me at 801-839-7056. And please remember to describe to the Wealth of Insight podcast and share with your friends and family. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Wealth of Insight podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Stratos Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor. Stratos Wealth Partners and Wittenberg Wealth Partners are separate entities from LPL Financial. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wittenberg Wealth Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.